Hey, this is Jim Larrabee. I'm the lead pastor here at First Christian Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer is that the words you hear encourage you, that they challenge you, that they build your faith and draw you closer to Jesus. So, enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. That is an oldie, but a goodie. We love that video around here. Absolutely amazing. Hey, can I say it? Merry Christmas Eve. How y'all guys doing tonight? Yeah. Woo. Man, I, I, have, I have laid off the sugar all day long because I do not need any. I'm so excited, so pumped uh, just to be here and everything God's going to be doing today uh, in, in this service, but also in the other services and even tomorrow with families cannot wait. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jim Larrabee, the lead pastor here at First Christian Church. So glad you're worshiping with us. This place is full. We got folks in the overflow up there. We see you. We know you're there. Thank you. And of course, folks watching online too. Uh, Thank, thank you for being a part. Thank you for being a part of everything that's going on. Now, uh, this is the moment, right? Christmas Eve. This is the moment before it all happens. You know, before the gifts. Let me see my gifts. Before the gifts come out, right? Uh, this is the moment. Before, before the family gathers to eat the meal, this is the moment. Bef- before you have to sit at the kids' table. Any kids' tablers in the house tonight? Just some of you. Some of you think you're moving up. You're not. Uh, you're going to be there tomorrow. Why? Because grandmama said you were, and that's where you're going to be. So anyway, but before, before the awkward Christmas pick. You know, that one, that beautiful one that you send your kids. And of course, before the coffee that all of us parents are going to be are gonna be doing tomorrow. Yeah, by the way, this is uh, just my tip to you parents. Uh, this is one of the best ways to drink coffee Christmas morning, just straight out of the pot with a straw. You can do it. You'll need to do it, especially first-time parents. I'm sorry. Welcome. Welcome to parenthood on Christmas Day. So anyway, uh, these are all the things that are about to happen, but let's not forget and all the fun and all the excitement of all the things that are going to happen, let's not forget the greatest thing that did happen. And that's what we're here to celebrate. This story comes from Luke chapter one, and it simply says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city called Galilee, which was in Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph. He was at the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And and he came to her and said, this angel did to Mary, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, Mary, she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Mary, don't be afraid for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive and in your womb, you will bear a son. You're gonna call his name Jesus And he will be great and he will be called son of the most high. And the Lord God will will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And of course, John 1 says it this way. And the word, which would be Jesus, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this word, this word of of becoming flesh is, 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 there's a big theological word for it, but it's one we all hear around this time of the year, right? It's called the incarnation. That word simply means this, that God took on flesh, that the God of the universe became one of us. 
Now, he didn't take on our brokenness. He was perfect in every way, but he did take on everything else. Our thoughts, our our desires, our wants, and our needs. The things that we experience as people, all the things that you experience, the things that you go through, scripture says he experienced every single one. Actually, it says it this way, in every way he was tempted like us, but he did not sin. And I'm telling you this because one of the great truths of the incarnation, you're ready? One of the great truths of the incarnation is simply this, Jesus gets us. Did you know that? That Jesus gets you. When you walked in here, you weren't some unknown commodity to him. He wasn't trying to go, I, 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 get, I get these guys, but I have no idea what they're doing here tonight. That, that's not Jesus. He saw you when you walked in this room and he saw your heart. He knows your journey. He knows what you're going through. Jesus gets you. Why? Because he experienced humanity the same way we did. He experienced happiness. Jesus, Jesus felt happiness. He celebrated birthdays. They, they probably didn't have pinatas back in the day, but I'm pretty sure they played pin the tail on the camel. But he celebrated. He celebrated everything the way we celebrate. Jesus experienced hunger. And that's not something that we normally experience in the abundance of living in America, but Jesus absolutely experienced the hunger of living back in his day when there wasn't a Chick-fil-A on every corner, when he could do miracles. Jesus literally could do miracles to to turn bread and, and to just make it happen and appear before him. But he refused to do any of that just to satisfy his selfish needs. Scripture even tells a story of Satan coming to tempt Jesus after fasting for 40 days. Can you imagine? Sometimes when I skip lunch, I think I'm gonna die before I ever get home and just like eat dinner. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days, just just praying for us, his people, his church, his mission, his vision, right? When he was starting everything. And, And after 40 days of fasting, Satan came to him to tempt him. And one of those temptations was, hey, listen, bro, I know you're hungry. And I know you're hungry. Why don't you take this stone and turn it to bread? And in my visioning of that, what I feel like he probably said, turn it into red lobster cheesy biscuits. And then to me, that would have been the greatest temptation. That would have been the thing. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to live for my selfish needs. I'm not here for my will. I'm here to do the father's will. He experienced loss. Just last night, I was watching with the kids. We were watching one of the Christmas stories and kind of the, the life of Jesus. And, and you know, in, in the beginning of the story, there's Mary and Joseph. But as the story unfolds a little bit later in Jesus' life, there's just Mary. And the kids are asking, what happened to Joseph? Dad, what do you think happened to Joseph? And I'm like, I have no idea. But he probably dies somewhere along the way. He's probably a little bit older than Mary in this whole thing. And so you can imagine, even, even in loss, Jesus as a, as a son, as a child, losing a parent, which many of us have felt that, Jesus understands it and feels that loss. Frustration, Jesus felt it. Anger, Jesus felt it. That's a surprise to some people when, when you read the story of Jesus walking to the temple and, and he is seeing people taking advantage of other people and, and he gets a righteous anger about him and he goes and he turns over the tables and he said, this is not what my father's house is all about. So what I'm telling you is simply this, that the human experience that we have is the human experience that Jesus had, that he gets us, that he understands you like no one else does. 
And I think this, this Christmas Eve, as we think about the incarnation, we think about Emmanuel, God with us, we think about Jesus coming down to this earth. I, I find comfort in that. That the God that we worship, the, the God that we know, isn't, isn't some far off God that just took humanity and the world and the universe and just kind of created them and put a little clock on it and spun it out and then threw it into the universe to go do its thing while he went to do something else. That's not the heart of God. The scripture tells us that Jesus came down to earth, that he came down to see us, that he pursued us, that he found us, and that he now walks with us back to God. One of the most beautiful things I know about the incarnation, about God being with us. Now, some would ask in a, in a, a crowd this large, special Christmas Eve, a lot of you are Christians, some of you are not. You're, you're here because it's the only way you're going to be able to eat like Christmas dinner. Your parents threatened you, and I get it, I understand. And so you might have a question, Jim, do you really believe that, right? Do you really believe that Jesus was God, that God came in the form of a baby? He was born in a manger. That's, that is a legit question that you can ask me. And my answer, my answer is absolutely yes, I believe it. Christians believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ much the same way that atheists and humanists believe in the virgin birth of the universe. It's the same. It takes the same amount of faith. For me, it's basically choose your miracle. And I choose the very real idea that God created us. That it was God who shaped us and formed us. That it was God who gave us free will and desired for us to fully follow him. But we didn't. And when we failed, that that same God in turn pursued us, ran after us, wanted to reach out and save us. And if you have any inkling that the world began with a creator, maybe you're not sure, maybe you don't understand, but you're like, there is some divine imprint in this world. If you have any inkling that it began with a creator, then my friend, Christianity is the most rational thing you could ever embrace. I love Jesus's words because it makes sense in that context. Because why? Why would God do this? He tells us, John 3, 16, for God, the creator of the universe and everything that is in it, so loved this world that he created that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that, my friend, is what the incarnation is all about. The, that love drove Jesus to leave his throne on high, to everything that he, that he was about, to set aside the right to be worshipped, to be praised by all creation. Because that's, that's where he said he was in his throne. And all creation worshipped him. From the beginning until the end, all creation praised and worshipped him. But he stepped away from that. He stepped away from perfect communion with his father, perfect connection that their hearts were dialed into each other. When you think forward to the cross, one of the hardest parts of Jesus being on the cross, besides taking our sin and the guilt of God, there's this moment where, where it talks about God turning his face from his son because he had all of our sin on him. And I, I think that's the first time in all of creation that the unity between the father and the son is broken. And he did that because of his great love for you and I. So my friend, this, this Christmas story isn't about Jesus upscaling and, and moving on up to a new, better place. This is Jesus downgrading, downgrading for a purpose, downgrading because he loved each and every one of us so very much. 
Luke chapter two says this, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. He was gonna tax them and he wanted to know how many people there were so this tax could work. And, and everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And, and Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Or as the video said, Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, the one he was engaged to, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Such a beautiful picture that we paint, but this is not a beautiful picture. This is a stable full of animals and there's this feeding trough and she lays him there. Why? Because there was no place for them anywhere else in town. The king of the universe is born into our world and there's no palaces, there's no servants, there's barely a roof. He's sharing a stable with animals laying in their feeding trough. Why? Why? Because he loved us that much. Jesus absolutely embraced his lowly state because he knew this was the path that would raise us up. He, he knew this was it. He knew he would go to the cross to take our sin. He'd go to the grave to take our death so that he could rise again and give us, each of us, eternal life. Because while the incarnation begins in the manger and with shepherds and a stable, redemption goes to the cross and there's soldiers and there's, and there's pain and there's sacrifice. But the great truth of Christianity is the story doesn't end there. It goes to a tomb that we later find out is empty because our savior, King Jesus, rose again. He's a living God who in turn invites each of us to have that life that he gives. My friend, one of the greatest things that you could experience this Christmas season is the gift of eternal life. It's what Jesus offers each of us. Many of this room, we're here because Jesus has given us that and we celebrate and we're like, Christmas Eve, man, tomorrow we're gonna celebrate the birth of our Savior, the incarnation. But if you are here and you have no idea what the taste of that eternal life is like, it simply begins with surrender. Saying, Jesus, I, I hear the story and I choose to believe it. I choose that miracle that God became flesh. I, I choose kneeling before the cross and simply saying, you are my God. It doesn't have to be some great and majestic prayer. It can simply be the words, Jesus, I choose you. Thief on the cross, he just simply turned and recognized who Jesus was. You don't deserve to be here. You don't deserve to, to be experiencing what you're experiencing. You're, you're the God of the universe. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise because you have got it. You figured it out. It's yielding your life to me. So before you leave here, we've got a, we've got a couple of songs, some things we're gonna be doing in the rest of this service. But before you leave here, I invite each of you to experience that invitation of inviting Jesus to be the Lord and savior of your life. That's his deep love for us. That is the divine plan of our creator that he would find us and redeem us to offer us a choice, a gift, if we are willing to choose him. And so now, now the manger is empty. Now the cross is empty. 
Now the tomb is empty, but the throne, the throne is occupied by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the one that we worship here tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together as we continue in our celebration of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you. Thank you for your great gift of redemption. Thank you for the incarnation that that we can see this beautiful story of your love where you took on flesh, where you embraced the human experience, the ups and downs, the, the trials and the struggles. Why would you do that? You tell us because you loved us so much. May we walk in that love and that grace. May we feel that love and that grace. May, may that love and that grace just pour into each of our lives. For the Christians in the room today that, that we walk into Christmas Day celebrating that. For those that maybe you're on the edge about this Christianity thing that, that they understand now maybe for the first time, Holy Spirit, you reveal to them about God's great love. That to maybe tonight is the night that they yield for the first time to your presence and your spirit. God, you do your deep work in our heart as we all just simply say, we choose you, Jesus, this Christmas season. We ask all these things in your wonderful and powerful name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to find out more information about giving or to see what's going on in the life of our church, please visit us at fccsantamaria.org. Thanks again for listening and God bless.